Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here. I'm the founder of the Thrive Tribe uh, membership program and group, an international best-selling author, trainer and coach, and I'm joined by my good friend, who's also an international best-selling author, uh, Rachel Davidson, who's a spiritual author, who's written the author of The Point of Me. Today our theme is around believing in yourself, confidence, because one of the things that we've discovered through working with lots of people is it's probably the, the top most issue that people are facing, that lack of confidence in themselves in either one particular part of their lives or in across the board uh-huh. is really holding them back. Yes. And I wonder if you're listening to this, how confident are you about your ability, about the way you look, about how you are able to manage the things that life throws at you? Mm. And how would it be if you felt more confident? Mm. And there is an argument, isn't there, that in the areas of your life where you feel most confident is possibly your comfort zone. Yes. And I forget who said the quote, but um, somebody very clever who said, life begins at the uh, point where your comfort zone ends. Um, And so it's really in areas of our life where we feel a lack of confidence that perhaps we've got the potential for the greatest growth. And I think that's absolutely true. And and perhaps we'll talk about comfort zone a little bit later in Mm. more detail, because one of the things that I find quite fascinating is... If you look at very, very small children, and we've said this on on shows before, they appear to have supreme confidence in their capacity to do whatever it is they want to do. Yes. I mean, there are times if you've got toddlers around you, you wish they didn't have quite so much confidence (laughs) um, because it takes them to the place of being foolhardy. But where I'm particularly interested is, is... if you look at very small children and they want to do something, whether mm. it's to reach something or to make something work, mm-hmm. they will concentrate and try over and over again. Mm. And although they might get a little frustrated along the way and yes. stop for a bit, yes. they come back to it. Yes, It's a bit like animals too have that same sense of this is what I want to do and they're prepared to keep going mm. even though it doesn't succeed in mm. the first uh, instance. Mm, no, but they have a tenacity and a persistence, um, you know, to sort of meet the objective and um, and to try new things. My belief, my theory is that they're not making up stories about themselves and yeah. making meaning of things that don't work out. Yeah. They just know that's what I want to do. Yes. And that they have confidence in that if I keep going. I'll find a way. Yes, you could describe them as being quite single-minded in that sense. So focused on their target ahead of them. And the failures, um, the things that don't work out, are simply uh, discarded, learnt from and discarded and not 
held with and their single-mindedness continues to focus on where they want to get to. Isn't it interesting, though, that there comes that point when instead of it being a, another step along the way, mm. that when things don't work out, we suddenly, as human beings, make huge meaning of that. Yes. And often the meaning that we make of it is that not only can I not do that one small thing, but then that starts to colour everything. Yeah, we synthesise it into all aspects of, oh, if it didn't work out that over there, then maybe I'll, I'll never be able to do it. And maybe, maybe I also I'm not so good at oh, this thing over here too. Yeah. And those stories that we make up uh, for, about ourselves are just that. They're, they're just as much a work of fiction as your novel. <laughs> um, perhaps not so um, so beautifully and eloquently <laughs> written, but they are still the stories that we make up. Yes. And we take those stories, I find it absolutely fascinating that we take those stories and we engage with those stories, we embellish them, we make mm. them deeper and stronger mm. throughout our lives, mm. unless somebody says but why? Mm. Or what's going on here? Yeah. And often those stories are in direct um, opposition mm. to the evidence which is right in front of your nose. Mm. So I'm reminded of many of my clients who, for one reason or another, lack confidence. And mm. yet in other parts of their lives, they are supremely confident mm. and capable. Mm. And when you point that out to them, that dichotomy out to them, what's their response do, do they deny that they could ever possibly transfer skills from their confident life over to their lack of confidence? There's quite a range of responses. Most commonly, they dismiss it in the first instance. Mm. But then when I ask the question, well, let's forget it's you for a moment. Mm -hmm. If you looked at that evidence and you were looking at somebody that you knew but that wasn't you, what would you think then? Mm. Because we have this capacity to have one rule for ourselves and a completely different rule for everybody else. Yes. And I would say nine times out of ten, perhaps even greater than that, we most people judge themselves more harshly. Yes, and it's that terrible uh, thing of you're judging your internal landscape against somebody's external landscape. So you, you look at other people and you think, well, they're, they're really confident. Oh, look, they've, they've really got it made. <coughs> Um, I could never be like that. And that's that's just because you're not seeing their internal landscape and how tied up and anxious they probably are. You're, own, you're seeing yours and yours only. That's a really good point. I, and everybody that I've worked with, and I've worked with thousands of people now around confidence, mm. from you know children as young as, as five or six, right the way through to people in their 80s, uh -huh. that they assume that everybody else is more confident than them. Oh. And they look at the outward manifestation, the fact that perhaps people's, their body language looks confident, that they look them in the eye, that their voice sounds confident, uh -huh. that they get on and do. Yes. And they make assumptions that because they are actually engaging in whatever activity it may be, that that person is more confident than them. Yes, it's, it's almost like they believe that that person has access to a certain amount of magic and that magic is not available to them. Yes. And the reality is that nobody has access to magic. But we all have, but ac we all have access to, to magic. magic. And it's what goes on in our heads. Yes. 
if you believe you can't, mm. then most people in that situation don't even try. Mm. So, it, of course, it becomes a done deal. Yes. If you believe you can and you truly believe that it's possible, mm. it's the difference between having a locked door and mm. having a door that's ajar. Yes. So if the door's ajar, it's much easier to open. Mm. It still needs a bit of effort to open it. Sure. But if it's a locked door, you know that there's no way through unless you've got the key. Yeah. Interestingly, that there are some keys which are incredibly effective at locking, mm. uh, unlocking those that door of confidence. Mm. And some of that is for people to recognise that much of what they are fearing is either embarrassment mm. or that people will judge them mm. in a way that makes them less. Yes. Or that they will feel, just feel stupid. Mm. And actually... You know, feeling stupid or looking stupid, that may be the case, but often it's those people who've been prepared to put themselves into that situation and who have then um, worked at it, who have gone uh, on to create great success. Yes, because after all, I mean, I truly believe this of, of humanity, is that if, if, you are, if you make a genuine mistake and that mistake comes about through your intention to try something, to, to forge ahead and you do no unnecessary harm to people, then, then humanity at large will generally look at you and say, well, no, well done, and appreciate the effort you made, and not actually concentrate on the fact that it may have been, in your head, defined as an absolute disaster, yes. and, and you're losing all your confidence around it. Most most external people to you will, will say, well, well done for trying, that was excellent, and probably gain a bit of confidence themselves in seeing your endeavour and thinking, well, I could do something like that. And it's that internal conversation we have that sort of goes, well, no, hang on, I'm not quite ready for it, I haven't got it perfect enough, I might fail, I might this, and you work and work your confidence down to, there's no point, I, I, I shouldn't no. just do it. When in reality, actually, your endeavour, and putting it out there in the world, it may not be the greatest success that you've got in your head of where you're aiming, but you'll learn, and in, and in doing that, actually other people around you will probably, more likely, recognise that you, you were brave and you put yourself yes. out there. I think it's interesting um, to look at how people reference themselves. Mm. It's a continuum, like so many of these things, and mm. at one end of the continuum are people who only believe that what they've done has been worthwhile mm. if other people tell them that's good. Mm. And right at the other end of the spectrum are those people who don't give a toss what other people think, <laughs> yeah. but only if I believe it's been a good job, then it's yes. been a good job. Yes. Most of us are somewhere in the middle yeah. and that there are certain parts of our lives where we're happy to take our own judgment that that's been yes. a good effort or it's been well done yes. and there are other times when we need the reassurance yes. of others. I've got a very specific example with regard to my writing which um, when, when I started off my first novel um, you know, I went through all of the angst about putting a piece of art out into the world and I knew where it was heading and stuff. And it was starting to drive me crazy thinking about, will people like this? You know, what would be the response? And I had to have a, a proper sort of talking to myself one day because um, I was concentrating on this reader and I realised I didn't know who the reader was going to be. I didn't even know if there would ever be a reader of my book. Why? Who was I writing it for? But inevitably... There's a saying, isn't there? You can't please everybody all of the time, and sometimes you can't please anybody any of the yeah. time. 
But you can please yourself. Absolutely. And and I do think, I mean, perhaps it's very specific to the world of, you know, art and a a creation that's very personal to you, um, that you should do it for yourself and be pleased with it yourself and do it your best. I I would disagree. And ultimately, Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, when you are, whatever you're doing in the world, if you can feel that you have done a good job. Yes. That has much more resonance. And I, yeah, I agree with than that. Than anybody else. And that's one of the reasons when we're so critical of ourselves, mm. it has so much more power to wound. Yes. Than, you know, if somebody else tells you you're stupid or that you um, can't do something, well, that's one thing. But when mm. you're saying it to yourself, yeah. and so often people are saying it over and over and over again. Yeah. That's incredibly destructive. Yes. I mean, how how do people find the strength in that kind of sort of onslaught? How how is would it be possible to, to find the strength to push through and be confident and have the self-belief? I think it there's no one answer. No. I think for some people a crisis or an event will happen Mm. where they're put into a place where they've got no choice but to get on with it Mm. and then they will recognize that they can actually do it yes sometimes it's somebody else having faith in them and saying Mm. of course you can yes you know I believe in you and I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important to be surrounded by positive people it's one of the reasons for setting up the Thrive Tribe for example so that there are people who are there to encourage and support you and at times to tell you to get a move on and Mm, get on with it but because they believe in you yes I think for others it's around somebody hearing something seeing something um, a trigger and you know very often watching someone else have a go yeah and making a mess of it but still having a go yeah gives them the recognition that you know actually Failure is not the end of the world. I could give that a go too. Yes. And I think other times it's just people get impatient with themselves because they've been held back for such a long time and they mm. come to a day where they think, do you know what? Mm. I'm not going to let this carry on. Mm. Like this. I need to do something different. Yes. I think it's often easier to, to come to that conclusion when you are within a supportive environment. Yes. If you've got people consistently telling you that you're useless mm. and that you can't do things. Mm. It's um, a very strong character and, and a very strong will. Well, it's too, the so. place that many children live in mm. when parents, for whatever reason, I think very often they're trying to motivate their child to be better. Yeah. But if children live in a, in a world where they're consistently told that they're rubbish mm. or they have a teacher who is negative, and I think teachers have mm. enormous power... Mm to um, empower or to belittle mm. children. Yeah. Um, that I think that, that, you know, if you're in that toxic environment, then it's probably going to be much later when something else happens that triggers your capacity to recognise that that was not yes. the reality. That was somebody else's yes. reality. Yes. I'm reminded of a client, gentleman in his 50s, mm. very successful at work. Right personal life was a bit of a disaster whose father even in his 50s when my client was in his 50s was consistently saying well you can't make a decision you're useless (laughs) you know 
look at the decisions you've made in your relationships, they've all been a disaster. Mm. When the reality actually was that very often the disaster had been listening to his father and his father interfering in the relationship, which meant that no relationship actually had much of a chance. And it wasn't until he had the confidence to say, do you know what? This is my choice. Yeah. I'm going to work with this choice and make it work, yes. that things started to change. Yes, to live his own life, to, to listen yeah. to his own conscience, yes. his, his, own, um, his own mind, yes. And I think another thing that's it, what's perhaps useful to know is that people who consistently criticise and mm. belittle mm. are very often doing that in order to make themselves feel better. Yes. I feel better if I make you feel rotten. Yes. And having made you feel rotten, they feel better in the instant. Yes. But it doesn't last, so they feel they're nasty or cruel yes. or uh, cutting. And sarcasm, I think, is a very dangerous sort of It's of the humor. lowest form of wit. So we are told. <laughs> uh, but it has the capacity to cut people off at the knees. Yes. So if you're listening to this and, you know, sarcasm is a humour that you have enjoyed using... I'd be very wary of the impact that it mm. has on other people because mm. often they show a brave face but actually they're very hurt mm. deep down and there are other ways to get your point across which don't require... Mm, gentler, yeah. um, more positive, happier ways. That, and actually supporting people to, to be their best selves I think is a much better way to go. Yes. I mean, if you're listening to this and you, you know, what we're talking about resonates with you and that you lack confidence in a particular area of your life I think it's important to consider that if you stay stuck within your comfort zone and that's like I I use the analogy of of being wrapped up in a great big thick duvet Mm. lovely when it's cold outside and we've got a very cold wet rainy day (laughs) today as we're recording this and to be wrapped up in a warm duvet would be wonderful (laughs) <laughs> but just imagine that same duvet on an incredibly hot day. It would mm. become stifling. Yes. And your comfort blanket is very much like that. Mm. It starts off with your unconscious mind wanting to keep you safe. Yes. But it can very quickly uh, become a limiting factor mm. that's then based on a pretty well nothing mm. other than your belief that this is going to be difficult mm. or... I'm going to be exposed in some way. Mm. And the discomfort is momentary. Yes. Because the minute you move out of your comfort zone and you start to do something new, yes. you start to expand your comfort zone. Yes, and, and you start to adapt to, to the new environment. And and each second that goes by, you have proof that you know, you're surviving within the new environment. And um, usually, probably, nothing bad is happening. No. Not in, our, not in our modern world, not really. And the stories that we make up about what could happen, mm. not only do, are they sensational, because otherwise they wouldn't be um, mm. worth listening to, <laughs> but they're like listening to a gramophone record that gets stuck. Yes. And uh, those who've listened to our shows before will know that 95% of what you do is habitual. Yeah. So if your habitual record is one of... <sighs> don't do that, you might mm. um, you might fail, or don't do that, you might look silly, mm. or don't do that because it feels uncomfortable. Mm. Then you listen to it, it becomes your status quo. Mm. And it's only when you make an active choice to step out of that yes. that you move it from something which will diminish you over time to something mm. which will 
actually enrich your life and mm. and give you uh, a greater set of of tools to use yeah because it's amazing how quickly we learn that something that previously felt very uncomfortable mm. actually becomes quite natural and in, in fact these radio shows are a perfect uh, mm. example of that to start with they felt very strange and very uncomfortable and and now it's become a normal part yes. of, of what we do yes. And, yes. and actually enjoy um, having a conversation with you and yeah. and engaging I hope our listeners to uh, to be part of that conversation yeah. Yeah. and I hope that our listeners find it it Lovely. helpful um, we would love to hear from you yes <laughs> uh, themes you'd like covered or whether you there's something that we've said that's resonated or in fact if you disagree mm. um, but it would be great to hear from you mm. and people can do that through the website genuinely-you.com um, and you can also do that through the radio show or if you want to email me direct it's georgina.gardiner at gmail.com that's g-e-o-r-g-i-n-a dot gardiner g-a-r-d-i-n-e-r at gmail.com or you can actually email me through the website but we'd love to know yeah because I wonder Gina do you do you have like a single definition of what a confident person is um I suppose it would be somebody who is um who feels good in their own skin mm. and who is ready to um to give things a try mm. that being confident doesn't mean you've got it right no and in fact, I think that need the need to get things perfect actually gets in the way of being confident. Yes. Because however good something is, it can always be even better. Yes, that need to get things right speaks to me of brittleness, and brittleness does not speak to me of confidence. No. No. I would say confidence is something which has the capacity to expand, mm. something which has a structure mm. and something that feels... Um, that it's supporting you mm. but actually it doesn't get in the way it doesn't hold you in a place and stop you growing yeah I think one of the really interesting things about confidence is everybody I've worked with who comes particularly a around self-belief and confidence mm. has a belief that everybody else is more confident than them yeah but I now know that from talking to people that even those who present in front of thousands of people, people who, um, great sportsmen, great mm. actors, oh, yeah. comedians are a particular yeah. case in point, that yeah. they come across as being very confident, but often use humour as a way to hide the yes. fact that they don't feel confident. Yes. It's a persona that people put out there. Yes. It's an energy that, um, that people step into. Yes. And I think that you can manufacture that in the first instance you can fake it till you make it it's it's a very useful tactic isn't it to fake absolutely it. It, it, i think there is some you know actual biological proof that uh, the brain if if it feels you doing something like smiling if it feels you smiling even though you don't feel happy you will eventually well you release endorphins feel. and yeah. dopamine and serotonin the feel-good factors yeah they're great antidotes to the stress hormones of, of cortisol, hydrocortisone, yes. um, and, and uh, uh, adrenaline. Great cocktail. <laughs> and, you know, those stress hormones make you feel dreadful. Mm. They're designed to make you run away from a, a, yes. a marauding animal. Yep. But in modern living, they stay within our system, making yes. us feel dreadful. Yes. Um, but the faking it till you make it, 
the first thing is your body language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if you sit or stand with your shoulders bent and your head down, uh, very quickly you will start to feel fed yeah. up and depressed. Yeah. If you stand as if you're triumphant, yeah. even if you don't feel it, yeah. somehow your body takes on that physiology. Yes. So the first thing is work on your body language. Mm. Breathe. Mm. The number of people who lack confidence who go and stand, for example, in public speaking, yes. who will stand up, yeah. And they're not breathing. Yeah. And so when they speak, their voice comes out all breathy yeah. and high. Or really rushed. <laughs> so if you breathe yeah. deeply, if you're going into a situation where you don't feel confident, mm. drink some water, breathe deeply, mm. ground yourself, stand mm. up straight. Mm. Uh, that will, mm. if it does nothing for you, it will make other people believe you're confident. Mm. Force yourself to slow down. Just, um, um, Barack Obama has a, a neat trick, apparently. Um, he didn't tell me this direct, but but I believe it came from him. Um, at the end of each sort of major point that you want to make, probably each sentence or, or small paragraph, you count quickly in your head to eight. And it's enough of a pause to give what you've just said a bit of gravitas for the audience to have the time to digest and think. And it makes you look confident because people who are able to speak slowly and pause um, do come across as confident versus the ones that are rushing through their text and trying to get to fit all the words in as possible. <laughs> I think that's not only true. I mean, public speaking um, is a particular situation that for many people, they feel that they would die if yeah, they did it. Yeah, yeah. But that's true in relationships. People yeah. are frightened of silence. Yes. And they rush to fill that silence yeah, yeah. rather than allowing things to settle. Yes. And often what they fill that silence with is a triggered response because they're back in their habitual way yeah. of being, which is not necessarily very helpful. Mm, mm. So the old saying, fake it till you make it, is more than just, I think, baloney. I think it is about, number one, prepare. Mm. So if you're going to do something... You've got to be pretty confident and know your stuff to do it on the fly. Yes. So if you're going to do something, particularly if it's something new, mm. prepare. You know the saying? Mm. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Yeah. Um, and then getting your body language, your breathing, your mm. your whole persona into that, that mm. place. Borrowing other people's confidence. Mm. There's a really great exercise called Circle of Excellence. It's an NLP okay. exercise. Yeah. So if you imagine a circle in front of you, mm -hmm. um, before you step in, think about who is the person you would most like to model, to uh, emulate. Yeah, okay, yeah. And it can be somebody you know, mm -hmm. who you think is in incredibly confident in that particular context. Mm -hmm. It can be a person from history, mm -hmm. or it can be um, a character from a book. Yeah. And I, I had a, a, one particular client who decided to use Aslan from The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe Excellent because yep. uh, the lion had all of those mm. characteristics of courage and wisdom mm. um, that my client felt that, that they needed in mm. the context of, the, of what they were facing. Mm, yeah. And so having decided who you want to model, step into the circle mm -hmm. and you can do do this physically to start with i yes. would suggest you don't do it in a public place it might look a little strange okay. <laughs> but once you know how to do it you can do it in your mind's eye you don't okay. actually physically have to do it yeah step into that circle that mm -hmm. imaginary circle and imagine yourself standing as that person or character mm. would stand, mm. breathe as they would, mm. start to feel how they would feel. Yeah. 
and scan your body. Where in your body are you are you feeling that? Okay. Um, how does it feel? Yeah. What might they say in the situation that you find yourself? Mm. Not only the words they would use, but how would it be delivered? Mm. Uh, you know, borrowing what you believe that person would do in that same situation is incredibly yes. powerful. Yes. Um, particularly if you're feeling that you don't have confidence of your own. Mm. And the more you do it, the more it will feel familiar, the more yes. you will be able to actually borrow that confidence yes. Yes. Uh, until it becomes your own. That's a brilliant tactic and a very positive one. What do you think about the other kinds of props, though, that people will use? I'm thinking of, you know, Dutch courage, for instance. Well, the trouble with it, um, using alcohol or drugs or... Um, using something which is artificial in that mm -hmm. way is that it also has other impacts on your body mm. um, and if you are for example reliant upon a drink mm. in order to be able to um, to get in front of people mm. the trouble is over time one drink probably is not going to be enough no and of course you're not really dealing with the underlying no. fear and the, the point at which you know that that that's coming from you're just placing an elastoplast over it you're just giving uh, it a mask and, and it's like an elastoplast on, on a boil mm. because then you start to believe you can't do anything without that that um, yes. that crutch yes yeah, so there's lots of sports people aren't there who have particular routines and and superstitions about I won a game whilst wearing these socks, so I must always wear these socks now. And at one level, that probably does no harm no. until they go to an event and they forget their socks, yeah. in which case they are yeah. stuffed in a very unladylike way, aren't they? Yeah, no, um, I'm reminded of the Harry Potter scene where Ron is given the um, the uh, the luck serum. Yes. Um, except he's not, but he believes he is, and he goes yeah. off and he plays a fantastic game, and then it turns out that it that was Harry a placebo had given him. Yeah. And it was all about his mindset. Your mindset is everything, and you know I would say to you, if you're listening to this, and confidence is something that you struggle with. Work on your sense of self-belief. Mm. You are enough. You are a powerful being. When you choose to step into that. Yeah. Now, there's loads of stuff on my website, genuinely-you.com. Um, the Thrive Together program is a structured, sequential-based um, program mm -hmm. designed specifically to help people with confidence. Yeah. Um, if you've got any questions, you need some help, please let us know. Um, we'd be very happy to do so. But my challenge before we go is, in the next few days, have a think about something that you've avoided doing in the past because you felt, can't do that. Mm -hmm. And give it a go. Mm. Just allow yourself the freedom to mm. try. And it won't be perfect, but that doesn't matter. No. It's more important that you learn. We learn far more from failing than we ever do from succeeding. Yes, it's the act of doing, isn't it? It certainly is. The only failure, as far as I can see, is a failure to try in the first place mm -hmm. or a failure to learn Yes. Um, and keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yes. Um, so when you are practising, it's look at what went well. Do mm. more of that. Yeah. And if you're in a social situation, one of the best tips I can give you is be interested in other people. Yes. Go and ask them. Because the chances are they're not feeling confident. Yes. And just have a few well-primed uh, questions. Yes. Hello, what's your name? Yes. Where have you come from? Yeah. Um, you know, what do you do? Uh, what are you hoping to get out of this event? You yeah. know, or um, something simple and then be prepared to actively listen. Yes. Takes the pressure off you. 
yes. and it makes the other person feel good. It you really can make does. some great friends and associates that way. Yeah, yeah, good tip. So thank you very much for joining us today. It's been um, our pleasure to be with you. Do contact us and let us know um, what you think and if there are any other themes. As I said, genuinely-you.com. Um, you can also get a free download of the, my uh, latest book, uh, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. Free digital download from the website. That's genuinely-you.com. And I look forward to seeing you again. And I know Rachel yeah. does as well. So thanks very much for listening. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.